But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. My name is Zell, as y'all already know, and I am solo today on this episode. Um, as most of you know, I've been in Mexico. I just got back Monday. I was there for my best friend's bachelorette party. And whew, this week, this week of trying to get back on schedule has been hell. Not only just because, duh, but I got back and St. Louis is currently getting fucking ransacked by a goddamn snowstorm and I don't mean like I think snowstorm is putting it lightly this is like the next ice age and I don't know what's going on with the part of St. Louis that I live in but they just like didn't prepare like I knew that this was coming and I have been in Mexico but apparently our um department of transportation is severely understaffed so I understand that but you know, we're snowed in. I mean, my job expected me to go in today, but that was a joke because I drove to the industry and my car spun out and I'm currently enjoying living right now. So we're not risking our lives. No, no, no. Um, Not to mention when I got back from Mexico, I had a very Charlotte moment from the first Sex in the City movie. If you know what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> me and the bathroom were closer than ever. So I mean, I ate more than pudding than she did. I ate all of the yummy food, but yeah, I was fucked up. Nevertheless, that's enough on that. We are going to be discussing all of the shows today, not just reality TV shows, because I want to touch on Euphoria with you guys. I kind of have been touching on it on the Instagram page and a lot of you have been receptive. So like, we're going to talk about it. I am expanding beyond reality TV. All right. We're also going to talk some drag race because as you guys also know, I'm obsessed with that show and we're in season 14 and why not? I am... I can't talk about just Bravo anymore, especially with, you know, a lot of the topics and things on hand. So first things first, let's talk about Salt Lake City. Um, We got the quote unquote hot mic moment from Lisa Barlow. I don't think it is iconic as everybody's trying to say it is just because I have fallen out with friends before um, as as have what can I speak as I'm sure a lot of you have I am the person however that just because we fell out does not mean that I'm going to put your business on front street I think that was very very low very low I'm just gonna act like I simply don't know you but also and I'm not trying to police Lisa Barlow's feelings but when we saw the preview for that I was like oh what the fuck did Meredith do like to make her say that? And then when I saw like what actually went down, I was like, that's what made her tell all of her business to America. And let me, don't get it twisted. Cause I believe everything she said. I believe everything Lisa Barlow said. I just think the intent in what she said it under was very, very, I can't, you know, again, everyone's calling her iconic. Everyone's calling a hot mic moment. I think Carlos King had commented and was like, is it really a hot mic moment if you like know your mic is on? Like, we all know that Lisa Barlow is very produced. Like, she's very self-produced. Um, 
the way she came out of the bathroom and was like, here, here's your damn microphone. Like you were trying to create an iconic moment. And that is my thing with these Salt Lake City girls, especially. I don't watch the OC, so that's a whole different story. But the Salt Lake City girls, especially, y'all keep reaching and reaching for these iconic moments. Nini never reached for an iconic moment. She made them happen. She created them. Okay. OG Atlanta app. And hell, fucking Potomac, they don't reach for the iconic moments. They just happen. There's a lack of authenticity with the Salt Lake City cast for me. I just can't do it. I'm going to keep watching. Okay. But everybody from Whitney to Heather to like Heather recycled a comeback that was said last year by Jen. And when Jen said it, everyone's like, oh, that you should, you went too far. And then Heather says it and they're like, ooh, get it, Heather. I'm like, what the fuck? Seriously? And plus we have to let go of the step granddaddy thing with Mary because we all know she's married to a step granddaddy. Like it's not a secret. We've been talking about it for two years now. So who fucking cares? I mean, it is what it is. I just, I, I'm struggling. Um, I don't know if I've been on here since, no, I did a feature on, uh, know that with Donnie and Quinn where we touched on it, but since my last episode on my actual, this, you guys know what I'm trying to say. God, I can't talk today. Um, Jenny has been fired. So Jenny, um, as we know, had some old Facebook posts and shares come to light. I don't even think they necessarily came to light. I think they were already in the light and then somebody just went and grabbed them. I think I've said before, I'm not shocked that that was her stance on things. She did a live since she's been fired saying that she understands, I'm using air quote, and when I say understands, that her, how harmful the language is. However, she does not want anybody to get it twisted. She is a proud Republican. And to that, I have to say, girl, no one gives a fuck. No one cares about you being a Republican. I think I've said it on this podcast before. I grew up in a military family. I grew up watching my parents and their friends professionally spar, Democrats, Republicans, liberal, conservative views, all that stuff. I do think that there is a way to have political conversations and not fucking offend people. Like, it's not about you being a fucking Republican. I mean, my God, my God, you... Jenny, you as in Jenny, shared some of the most disgusting, outwardly racist things. And you're trying to spin it into you being fired because you're a Republican. That's not it. Same with Smelly Smod. Like, that's not it, baby girl. You're deeply offensive. And my thing with people wanting to learn and what I think, I don't know this for a fact, what I think Bravo was trying to do with have a moment of, you know, these things coming to light in the cast live reaction to them. One, you're just trying to get more content, but two, you need to think about how that is. I, as a black person, don't need to see somebody's live reaction to racism because now that Mary's not on the cast anymore, and I don't want Mary to see a live reaction to realizing one of her cast members, coworkers is racist because I've been there. We don't need to fucking see that. Jenny needs to learn. Jenny needs to learn a lesson. She needs to do it off camera because it is not up to us, the black viewers, to have to put ourselves in our mental capacity, mental health, in watching a non-black person learn how harmful it is 
when you post things like that. Like, I don't, and then Bravo released a like half-assed statement themselves saying like, oh, we promise to do better. Oh, do you? Do you? Okay, shut the fuck up. That's how I have to, that's really how I feel about it. I don't even have like any, I have nothing. You know what I mean? Bravo, I don't know what's going on over there, NBC Universal Bravo, but like, it's like, do y'all even care? Because it's giving that you don't. It's really giving that you don't. But besides that, I'm ready to wrap up this season of Salt Lake City. There has been so fucking much going on. I have not watched the interview with Mary's parents, her mom and her, I think that's her stepdad. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to. She's not going to be on the show anymore. I do feel badly for Mary to a certain extent, to a certain extent for some of the things, because it seems like there is a lot of, did you guys hear that? (laughs) Sorry, I was on a roll and then I heard a click and I just had to look behind me. Maybe I'll start recording this stuff so you guys can actually see my reactions. However, nevertheless, I feel like there has been some trauma, some deep trauma in her past and it like scares me. That is not to say that she is exempt from saying some of the really ignorant things she has said, but those are two, I'm talking about two separate instances here. I just, I hope she's somewhere getting it together. But nevertheless, let's move on to Summer House. So I'm not going to lie. I'm actually starting to realize that I may be at a turning point in my Summer House fandom and not, not the fact that I love the show because I do love the show. But guys, I don't I don't know if I'm a Batula hoop anymore. I think my Batula hoopness was situational because I'm so anti Hannah Burner. <laughs> Much like Lindsay and Danielle seem to be. Um if you watched their Watch What Happens Live, you know. Actually, much like the entire cast seems to be except for Paige. And Paige doesn't even really talk about her that much. But nevertheless, um I just, I can't get with Amanda this season. And Danielle summed it up best. You are crucifying a lot of the things that Kyle does, but you do them yourself. You just didn't cheat on him. And for me, for me as a viewer, the drinking, I know that he says that he cheated on her when he was so drunk, he didn't even know what he was doing, yada, yada, same old bullshit. The drinking is not, I mean, it is synonymous with the cheating, but there, I feel like they are two separate issues, but they're being treated as one, if that makes sense. I do think that Kyle has like an alcohol dependency and it seems like he, I mean, they all seem like they drink too much. Guys, they, these people are my age. I mean, Kyle's older than me, but the rest of the cast is my age. I have no fucking clue how they do it. Even with the possible, allegedly extracurricular activities that they may do. No, I could not. I would literally need to sleep four or five days after hanging out with this cast. And I know it's editing. Like we don't really see what time they get up and shit like that. But there's like, I wouldn't even be up the next day. My hangovers take me out to the point where... I've thought about being sober just because I cannot be hungover. Like, just because I cannot be hungover. And I don't even drink during the week like that. Like, I don't, I don't know how they do it. However, 
it is baffling for me because Amanda did not cheat on Kyle when she was drunk or sober, but when Amanda gets drunk, all of her issues with Kyle and their relationship seem to come at bay as soon as he does not do one thing that she likes. I'm not wavering from that, okay? And I had a couple people come at me, the, you know, girls who have been cheated on online come at me about that. And I'm sorry, you need to work through those things, okay? I understand it being a, and I know that sounds harsh, but I understand that being an insecurity. I have been cheated on. I get it. However, I do not take what the person who cheated on me did to me out on my husband now. And if I would have stayed with that person who cheated on me, and I decided to stay with him, you have to work through that. However, just telling Kyle that he needs to stop drinking because you're unhappy with it, that's not, uh, I'm having an issue wrapping my head around it. And then for her to say that and then go hump a pool floaty and be kicking beer cans around and dancing all over the house while she actively ignores her husband, it's baffling to me. It's crazy immaturity to me. They both, need to take a break from drinking. And I think, I'm pretty sure I've said that multiple times online and on here, but it's just the fact that, yeah, he cheated. So he's getting the brunt of the blame. I, and I don't know how much more of it I can watch because I am a person who thought it was crazy when he proposed to her at the end of, what season was that? Three? Yeah, I think three. I thought it was crazy because at the beginning of the season, we found out you cheated and you guys were trying to work that. And by the end of the season, it's not like everything was hunky-dory. And when I watched him on the boat, while it was a sweet moment, I was like, hmm, going to get married, huh? Interesting. You know, they seem to be doing things to make one another feel better that are like very surface level. So when he cheated, he proposed to make her feel a certain way. And I think that's the same season that he bought that condo for them or that apartment, whatever the fuck. And then, you know, the next season or two, maybe that was at the end of season four, whatever. Yeah, it was four. Um, The next season they were quarantined the whole time. So they couldn't leave the house. She had eyes on him the entire time. And that's not a relationship make. Like, as long as I can have my eyes on you all the time to know that you're not cheating, I'm going to be happy. No, I understand that that may have been situational and she probably didn't realize it then. But the first night back of the house, like you're, you go out again, I still think Kyle should have brought his ass home. I still think it's very fucking weird that Amanda didn't realize that he was not with them. My fiance and I go out with a group of people all the time. And yes, while I may be like, oh, me and the wives are the wives and girlfriends are going to go over here. I still know, we still know where the guys are. We know that they haven't gone back home. And the fact that he was the only one, my fiance is notorious for wandering off from the group. Notorious. I keep a tab on him, okay? We don't leave without him. I'm, I can't get with that. And then not to mention, I'm gonna stick by this. Her breaking his shit, that's not a valid reaction you don't get to break my shit because I did something you don't like and again I'm pretty sure I've said on here I have broken shit and I've had my shit broken it doesn't make it okay so they're exhausting me okay the whole him running over her foot exhausting me because we're not no I'm not gonna walk around this house in the same vicinity with my fiance my future husband and just not talk to him 
we're going to talk to every single person but each other. And even in a group setting, like he would try and like do that, like, ha ha, Amanda said something real funny. And she would just be like stone face. And I'm notorious for doing that shit too. I'm not going to lie. I love to be self-aware, so I'm not going to shit you. But I know that I do that. And I know that makes people uncomfortable. And the reason, the only reason I do it now is be if I want multiple people in the group to feel uncomfortable. And I know that's shady. Okay. <laughs> But it's just like, oh my God. And then now we're to the Craig and Paige part. And I'm just want to be like, I saw somebody post something on one of the Bravo Facebook groups that I'm in, which by the way, if you are in any Bravo Facebook groups, can you tell me? Because like, are they as toxic as I think they are? Craig displayed a crazy, I mean, not even crazy. We've seen him with this behavior before, but he displayed such an, a disgusting amount of just assholeness towards Lindsay, towards Paige, towards both of them. And everyone was like, oh, we get to see the beginning of mom and dad. Huh? Who's mom and dad? Not mine. Not mine. I don't ship them that hard in the first place. I think they're fine together. I don't really care about either of them. But you shared a clip of him telling her you're smarter than this and calling Lindsay a loser for no reason and saying, Oh my God, I love them so much. Is that how you want your, that's how you want your partner to talk to you. But then at the same time, some of these people that I've seen online are crucifying Kyle and Amanda, like what, what? And also in that same, same scene, Sierra, my good sis, Sierra, while your friend is getting gaslit and called not smart by a guy that she's currently talking to slash likes, he mentions one thing about Austin and Lindsay and Sierra completely forgets why we're here. Completely forgets that she's supposed to be standing up for a friend. She's like, what did you say? And she's all the way concerned about her. And then she starts yelling about Austin and Lindsay and her and that stupid ass love triangle. Like, girl, you really like Austin. Like, really, really baffling to me. Baffling. Besides that, I'm not going to lie. It is, this is going to sound really bad. It's kind of funny for me to watch Paige (laughs) be so um, struck by the fact that the guy that she is now dating with whatever has been with somebody that obviously is like more iconic than her. And I mean, she even said, like, I love her. And don't get me wrong. If my husband was like, oh, by the way, I've been with Beyonce, I would be like, well, actually, I would be like me and Beyonce are Eskimo sisters. (laughs) And I would find a way to make it about me. But that's just me. I find it very funny that she is so beside herself because she is not the creme de la creme shall I say. But besides that, I mean, Summer House is Summer House. It's not going to change. I'm still done with all the Kyle and Amanda drama because we know that they just get married. Like, whatever. Uh, So let's go ahead and move on to Jersey because that premiere gave me everything, everything I needed. So we are back in Tenafly, wherever all of them are. I know it's like Tenafly and I can't remember the other cities that most of the women live in. Nonetheless, we're back with the Jersey bitches and I fucking love them. I live now. Let me tell y'all something. 
I don't really know how I feel about Gia being all up in the business. I know she's grown. I know that she like obviously has been around this her entire life pretty much. But I don't want to see her. I hate when kids start getting involved. Because like you're not a housewife. Just sit off to the side. And I really, I like really feel like Teresa is trying to make Gia a housewife. Or get her some type of show. Whatever. Um, Nonetheless, Joe Gorga is wrong. Okay, you do not need to be talking to me about your niece's father like that. Because there's enough blame between the Gorga and the Judice. Judice's. Okay, how are we saying it? Is it Judice or Judice? Because we've heard it both. Okay, but there's enough blame between all of them to go around. So just don't don't talk about them girls' daddy. Like, hello, you would be mad if they talked about Melissa. You have gotten mad that they've talked about Melissa. Whatever. Um, I also thought it was really funny how T Barber's wife Tracy tried to spin the truth because. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, I'm going to tell you really quick. So pretty much she was their nanny. T.E. Barber was married to a woman before her. And I think they have like three or four kids, something like that, a lot. And she was their nanny. Tracy was their nanny. And she started an affair with Tiki. And his wife was like, his ex-wife was some months pregnant. Some months pregnant. Okay. It was a whole thing. And he had to pay that ex-wife a lot of money. Now, T.E. Barber is fine. They're not worried about money at all. But... I don't know. I don't think I would necessarily get on there and be like, yes, I was a mistress. I was the nanny and I fucked him. So maybe that's just her way of assaging her guilt. They got two babies now. They're fine, obviously. But I, and I think she was like 18 too. She was really young, really young when that all happened. Cause that was the other part of the story that was like, mm, wow. Wow. Nevertheless, um, I thought that she was supposed to be a main like housewife be getting, I mean, she has, confessionals but I thought she the Jersey women don't hold anything but I thought she was about to be in the main credits but I heard through the grapevine that she got demoted because they didn't bring enough so that'll be interesting to watch or not obviously because it didn't get (laughs) didn't get a main spot nevertheless um we got to see what my girl Dolores is up to and I I know I know that everybody a lot of people not everybody a lot of people want to say my girl Dolores is boring but I don't care you know what I realized I want? I want Dolores and the Catanias to have a family show. I would love to see them in like a Chrisley Knows Best-esque show, but not Chrisley Knows Best because if you know, you know about the Chrisleys. But I want to see them in a family show because I love seeing their dynamics. I love seeing her, how her and Big Frank co-parent and everything. And I love their kids because who does not like looking at Frankie Jr.? He is so fine. And Gabby is pretty too. Like they're all gorgeous, all gorgeous. Okay. Now let's talk about this video because I'm very confused. I thought we were all on the same side, guys. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were all on the same side because, you know, we all saw the video. We know what video they're talking about. And we all were in agreement back then. Like it was weird. It is weird. But now people are like, yeah, Louis shouldn't have to, you know, answer that. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were all on the same side of this that it is odd it was odd his past is sketchy we hope Teresa has a prenup but apparently everybody over the course of the past few months have you know and it, don't get me wrong I'm not wanting to pop Teresa's love bubble I want her to wake up and be aware that's what I want but you know what I'm not even gonna say that because I'm not a tree hugger but 
I don't want the tree huggers coming after me. And I'm not, not a fan of Teresa. Like it's a love hate relationship with me and her. And it's one-sided obviously, cause she doesn't know I exist. However, I think that Louis should have been there. I don't really think that they should have gone into the party expecting him to answer a bunch of stuff. But at the same time, we have to think with our reality TV minds and also like our viewer minds. So yeah, if I'm on the cast, I'm going to, and I want to keep my job and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to talk to at least Teresa about it, like in a Dolores-esque way, probably not going to talk to him about it, but whatever. Um, and then we see Joey Gorga have like one of his first of many meltdowns of the season, say he's not going because why does he need to apologize to Louis? I am surprisingly on Joe Gorga's side there though, because it was a joke. It was a fucking joke. I do think it's funny because he was all about Louis. Um, when we wrapped up the Jersey uh, reunion last year, he was like, oh, my future brother-in-law. And I was like, <clears throat> okay, okay, Joey. So that is just, I mean, are we ever going to have peace among Teresa and Joe? No, we're not because now her daughters are beefing with Joe. Uh, and besides that, let's get into the main event. <laughs> my main, my, my, my main takeaways from Marge versus Jennifer. First of all, Jennifer Aiden is not innocent in all of this. She bought a lot of smoke. I'm not necessarily team Melissa, Jackie, Marge, even though I love Marge's messy ass. I love Marge. Not because I necessarily agree with what she does, but I love her for this show. She is the perfect amount of messy. That woman earns her paycheck and paycheck and you will not convince me otherwise. Okay. Whether you like her or not, Marge earns her paycheck. All right. And I don't necessarily feel bad for Jennifer Aiden either because she brought it. She, she earned her paycheck last year, but along with that, she was flying off at the mouth, just saying things. She didn't come with no receipts. Like she didn't come with no printed paper, no like anything. She was just like, well, I heard, I heard. And it's like, girl, come on now. Come on now. All right. I did feel kind of bad for her because she was like, I am close with Teresa and Dolores, but they're not going to ride for me like Marge and Melissa and Jackie do. And it's like, okay, well, you and Marge's spirits don't align. And that we know. They never have. I don't know what you want us to say. Go talk to Teresa and Dolores about that, Jennifer. I do find it very odd that she went to Turkey to get plastic surgery, even though her husband is a plastic surgeon and he called her the worst patient ever. Listen, here's my thing. I understand the internet did what it did and they're like, oh, apparently Turkey is a really good place to get plastic surgery, yada, yada, I don't care. If my husband can do something for me, whether I'm the worst person to deal with or not, you're my husband. You actually knew that I'm the worst person to deal with. Trust me. I feel like Jennifer has shown that she is the worst patient in some way, shape or form to him before. You gonna do this motherfucking nose job. And not only that, the other country thing is what's killing me because while you may not want to do my surgery, you are not telling me that you don't know plenty of plastic surgeons to do this surgery for me here in the US of A, where we live, where you can take care of me. And I know that she had her family over there, like that's whatever, but like you could have suggested somebody, she is getting on national television and telling us that she just went and found a plastic surgeon on Instagram, on the Instagram. 
what? That y'all know that shit sounds crazy. Y'all know that shit sounds crazy. Don't play with me. I'm not doing it. And then Marge brings up the affair. Do I think it was right of Marge to bring up the affair? No. Am I glad Marge brought up the affair because I got that chef's kiss last scene? Yep. Because let me tell you, and I said this on Twitter and I put it on the Instagram. I said, Jennifer Aiden, being an Aries myself, let me preface this, being an Aries myself, Jennifer Aiden is the epitome of Aries delusion. And I know that because (laughs) I could be the same way. But let me tell you something about an Aries. When Marge said, oh, your husband was sleeping with a secretary and she said, no, she was a pharmaceutical rep, idiot. If you're going to come to an Aries with our business, you better have the facts straight. Do not say that my husband slept with a secretary. She was a pharmaceutical rep. Okay. Put some respect on her name. And my husband's. Hello. All right. Come on. But, you know, that's that's how you give us a to be continued Bravo. Thank you. So we had been seeing rumors like this entire, pretty much the entire, um, you know, hiatus of Jersey in between the seasons, whether it was Jennifer who cheated or Bill. First it was Bill and then I think Dumois or something. Don't quote me. Okay. Don't quote Dumois either. They just be saying sharing shit. But and then it was at one point it was like, oh, Jennifer is actually the one who had the affair. Maybe that will come out later in the day or later in the season. But Bill, it looks like Bill did have an affair. Um, you know, just like Kyle and Amanda, Jennifer decided to stay. She decided to move on. So I get it. I wouldn't want somebody bringing that shit up either. However, let's not act like Jennifer hasn't thrown stones at Marge too. They go for tit for tat. And one thing about Marge you throw boo tomato tomato at her, she gonna throw a grenade back at you. Just ask Danielle. All right. But this is gonna be a good season. I already know it is. And then I couldn't figure out when the trailer first dropped who Dolores, whose face Dolores was getting into. Now I realize it's Jackie's. Jackie, you ain't ready for that, babes. Jackie may have to sit the next season out because Teresa had her shook last year and I guarantee you Patterson Dolores is gonna have her shook. I love the Jersey ladies. I really do. They bring it. And they hit over a million views just on the season premiere alone. I'm so ready. Now, Jennifer had put something up on the Instagram and said, I'm happy I stayed. And that is her story to tell. It is her prerogative. I know some people that are like, I couldn't do that. I know some people that are like, yeah, I stayed and we tried to, we worked it out. I don't think either way is bad. I really don't. You have to do what's right for you. And like I say about Kyle and Amanda, if you decide to stay with that person, you have to do the work to move forward. Every time they fucking piss on the toilet, you can't be like, remember when you cheated on me? Like, hello. I I am not shocked that Jennifer Aiden stayed with Bill. Let me just say that, okay? And I'm gonna end it there. All right, so moving right along, we're going to talk about some drag race because I've talked about it on the Instagram page. However, I've never actually discussed drag race here on the podcast, and that's going to change. So first and foremost, if you follow me over on the Instagram page, you know that I am a cornbread stan. I'm a cornbread girly. Like, there's no contest for me. Cornbread is my number one. If cornbread does not win, then obviously Angeria is going to win. If those two are not my winners, 
I am writing RuPaul a strongly worded letter that will never get read. And if it does get read, I'll probably get made fun of. But I don't care. I don't care. Now, I will say this. I can see Cornbread being Miss Congeniality if she doesn't win. But again, if Cornbread doesn't win, then that means Angeria won. Besides that, my favorites, I love Carrie Colby. I think she's fucking gorgeous. Like, ugh, gorgeous. Um, I don't think she's going to win, though, if I'm being honest. Um, and But I think, like, she's a star. Like, Carrie Colby is a star. Regard. I don't think she needs Drag Race to win. I should say that. Um, but also, besides those three, who else, who else? I mean, those are my top three. Usually I haven't gotten a feel for like who I'm a super fan of this early in the season, but I feel like this year I'm like, nope, I know. Um, Now I can tell you who I'm not a fan of. And this actually has nothing to do, nothing to do with um, their sexual orientation, but it's Maddie Morphosis because I just don't think Maddie Morphosis is at the level of the other queens that she's competing against. The pantsuit, the fucking pantsuit that she came out in on the J-Lo, the Night of a Thousand J-Lo's, out of every single fucking thing that J-Lo has ever worn, you, guys, 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 I'm, I'm, and the fact that Maddie didn't have to lip sing for that J-Lo outfit alone. Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't necessarily agree with Carrie Colby and Alyssa Hunter being in the bottom. I will say this. I I don't think that either one of them should have been in the bottom, but I think Alyssa Hunter was going to leave like within the ne- in the next three weeks anyways. So whatever it happened, but I don't think either one of them should have been in the bottom at all. Maddie should have been in the bottom one, two. Um, I think Orion probably should have been in the bottom. If I had to pick a bottom two from this week, it was definitely Maddie and Orion. But Maddie for her runway look alone. That was bad. That, that was like not good. Like out of all of the runway looks that we've seen on RuPaul's Drag Race, like really? Really? Orion just because I keep fucking forgetting that she's there. <laughs> Literally, I, oh, I forgot my other front runner is Willow Pill. I'm I'm probably gonna put Willow Pill in front of Carrie Colby. So my top three are Cornbread, Willow, and in, well, Angeria and Willow can be tied for a second. Yeah. And then Carrie, because like I said, she's a star regardless. Anyways, back to my Maddie Morphosis rant. I just don't think her drag is to like up on the same level level as everybody else and i feel like rupaul did that just put her in the competition just to you know shake things up which whatever to rupaul's show so orion like i was saying orion i just keep forgetting that she's fucking there like and don't get me wrong like i actually think that orion like when i remember that she's there i.e when she comes down the runway i'm like oh gorgeous Gorgeous gowns, gowns, gorgeous gowns. But I'm just like, God damn, forgot you were here. Nothing's standing out to me. And I mean, she went home first, like, even though RuPaul bought the two, because we had a double premiere. 
and the two that went home came back. So yeah, if you know, you know, but anyways, yeah, I just, I was really pissed off that it was Carrie and Alyssa Hunter. I don't think that was fair. Like I get what they're saying when they're like, oh, Carrie needs to let go of the pretty. Like she's so concerned about being pretty. I get that. But like, was Violet Chachki not always concerned about being pretty too? And I mean, like pretty is, it's what you make. Like it's not, it's not linear across the board. You know what I'm saying? So Carrie wants to be pretty in her own way at all times, no matter what she's doing. And I think that's fine. If she's going to dress up like a cow, she's going to be a pretty cow. What's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nevertheless, I was like not happy with that elimination this week. Um, But besides that, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, I'm never going to get tired of watching it. We could be on season like 147. I'm not, I'm never going to get tired of watching that damn show. But if you guys have any drag race opinions or anything like that you want to discuss with me, please hop in my DMs because it is probably one of my most favorite shows to discuss because it's like, what's not fun to discuss about fucking RuPaul's Drag Race? Now, leaving Drag Race, getting into a little bit of a deeper deeper show we have to talk about euphoria so as most of you know i am a euphoria fan and i actually said that i was going to be sitting this season out because first season stressed me out so fucking much like i was worried about those kids like they were my own and i'm already stressed enough with no kids in real life that i felt like i couldn't possibly possibly take on the stress of those children because obviously their parents are fucking clueless and not around. But then I watched the first episode and then I was still like, okay, no, I can't do this. And then I saw the discourse online about the second episode and I was like, well, I watched the first, I might as well watch the second. And then here we are four weeks later, four, three. I think Euphoria and Drag Race are on the same like weekly cycle. So four, whatever. Y'all, y'all. I, (laughs) these kids are a damn mess, okay? These kids are a goddamn mess. First of all, let's start with the Nate and Cassie of it all. I think they deserve each other. I think that they fucking deserve each other, okay? They are both very shitty humans. I don't feel bad for Cassie. Um, The only time I felt bad for her last year was through her pregnancy and abortion storyline because I've been there it really sucks um nevertheless I don't (laughs) girl what did you think like we need to go to therapy and don't get me wrong I still understand that she is portraying a 16 year old girl and uh, no no because even at 16 no I'm no Nate is all about the manipulation. This is what I don't understand about Cassie and Nate. You have heard your best friend talk about him. You've seen your best friend go through hard times with him. Are you that desperate, Miss Mama? And you know, I shouldn't call her desperate because like we know everything that she went through with her dad and everything like. But girl, girl, it's giving Pisces and you Pisces out there don't come for me because I know y'all like to tussle. But like. Cassie's behaviors are giving toxic Pisces energy. 
okay? And I'm not backing down from that. Now, Nate, I don't know if Sam Levinson like read some mail and really decided to turn down Nate's just general because I had a vile reaction to him and I am a person who watched the kissing booth and find Jacob Elordi quite attractive vile reaction to Nate in season one hate him can barely look at Jacob Elordi now because I hate Nate so much and I was like disgusted by him in season one awful person again not real but still I don't know if Sam Levinson like realized that and toned it down scaled it back a little bit but like now I'm like "Mm, you still suck let's not get it twisted but hmm okay all right where are we going with this speaking of people that I hate Cal let's just go right into Nate's dad Cal why the fuck am I feeling sorry for this man why again actively actively hate him But after this last week's episode, if you know, you know, the whole foyer and his speech to his family, I'm like, "Uh, you know, you know, the man said what he had to say. And after, after this past Sunday's episode and the one before that, when we see his backstory with his best friend, my heart kind of hurt for him when it came to the best friend aspect, when it came to the best friend aspect, I also really want, um, a story on where Derek is now. Like, where is Derek now? What is he doing? Why, you know, I want to know. We need to build that character development. Where are we even going with Cal? Because as far as I'm concerned, he said what he had to say after this last episode. Said, bye, y'all. Now, I was having a conversation with one of my followers. I can't remember who, but they said that they thought that Cal was saying you're so like you're the my biggest regret or something like that to Nate's brother but I thought he was saying it to their mom Marsha like what do y'all think because I thought it was clear but then when my father said that I was like oh well that that makes sense too and I realized he never they never showed exactly who he was talking to nevertheless moving on Rue 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 Girl, I'm not like even stressed. I'm not even stressed for Rue anymore like I was last year because last year I wanted her to be, well, actually 2020 before he didn't even come on in 2021, except for the special episodes. But like in the first season, I wanted Rue to be sober so bad. And now that she's dove head first into not being sober, I'm like, I guess I'm diving with you and you're not sober and I have to accept what comes, what may come from that. Because this last episode when Labyrinth was performing and like she was talking to her dad, I'm like, girl, are we, are we, are we going to be going away soon? Forever? Like what? I mean, I don't want anything bad to happen to Rue. I'm especially really nervous about the teacher or the ex-teacher become drug dealer when she was like, if you don't bring back my drugs and money. I know some bad people who do some bad things to you. I can't see that. And I don't trust Sam Levinson enough to like not make me see that. You know what I mean? Because he's dark, dark. So I'm just like, I can't see that. I don't want to see bad things happen. Um, And then Jules and Elliot and Rue. I actually like 
Ellie, like I really do. Um, but then I saw this TikTok earlier about some like somebody breaking some things down about him, and I was like, oh, you're kind of right. Ugh. So now my mind is changing. Jules, baby girl. The only reason I'm like mad at Jules, except for the fact that she pissed me off last season. Girl, what do you mean you didn't realize Rue was not sober? <laughs> what? You, like, Jules, baby, you get fucked up. Like, you get drunk. You don't do drugs. But, like, does Rue act like a sober person to you? Does Rue act like somebody who is not under the influence of something? I don't understand. I don't understand. And I get it. She didn't know Rue when she um, was, like, addicted to drugs before her overdose, like, essentially before season one started. But, girl, come on. Does that seem like somebody... A sober person or even a person who's like really upset doesn't want to get out on the side of the street and walk after you just say, don't drink that. You know what I mean? So like, girl, come on, come on, you know, like, ugh. but listen, the one thing I am going to address about my euphoria standship, and this is just how I see it. Of course, I've seen a lot of people talk about the discourse of like how it's weird and how it's gross and like they're, it's problematic because um, they're teenagers. I just have to ask these people, and this is like an open, honest question. Did you guys never watch like Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, 90210? Because essentially those kids were doing these same exact things that the euphoria kids are doing. They were just doing it on cable TV network. Um, so I don't, I'm not understanding where people are like, this is weird. Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, 90210, all of those types of shows. Like they showed teenagers in very mature situations and how I see it. That's how I see it. I think that time has evolved obviously. And we are more open to talking about Things that teenagers might be going through now, i.e., you know, drug addiction, sexual situations, um, things such of that nature. They're dealing with, you know, their sexual identity, their gender identity, things like that. And so it's bringing forth a conversation to me now. I get it. The sex scenes, especially like Nate and Cassie and shit. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't, I'm not seeing where people are seeing it as weird because I think it opens up for me, at least a conversation of when, and if I have kids, like, and I was a teenager once. Okay. I was a teenager once and I was not a teenager in the year, the 2020s. Okay. So that baffles me in itself. I just don't get where people are so freaked out by it because we've essentially had these teen dramas like this since like the beginning of time. So that's just where I'm confused, you know, but we will go into depth about euphoria more each and every week, because like I said, I've been talking on Instagram with you guys about it and I love having that discourse. So with that, we are going to wrap up this episode with my black history. Well, what should we call this? I don't want to call it a black history month lesson, but I am deciding to highlight some 
a part of black culture. Well, I mean, I love a lot of parts of black culture. Let me just put it like this. I've decided to highlight my favorite black rom-coms each week of Black History Month. And honestly, we might like expand this past Black History Month because I know I, (laughs) me personally, my favorite movies are rom-coms in general. And some of my most favorite rom-coms are the black ones. So we are going to highlight one of my favorite ones today. So the first movie we will be highlighting is one of my all-time favorites, which is Brown Sugar. It stars Tay Diggs and I Lathan as the main characters, and the supporting roles are going to be Nicole Ari Parker, Boris Kojo, Most Def, who I love Most Def. I love him in general, but especially like acting Most Def, mm, love him. And it also stars Queen Latifah, and it is hilarious. I actually found out that it was on HBO Max last night when I was looking for something to watch when I got in bed. Now, the movie came out in 2002. It is about two best friends who grew up together in New York and go through their lives, loving music. And the story is very much so told like through a music perspective and through Sonia Lathan's character's perspective. Um, Also, when I looked it up, it's actually, for whatever reason, deemed a romance slash drama. No. When I think romance drama, I think like The Notebook, and this is not The Notebook. It's just a lighthearted, feel-good romantic movie. And it has a lot of funny parts in it to me, okay? Um, I remember this is probably my introduction to Sonali thing because this movie came out when I was 10. And to be honest, when I was watching it last night, I was like, I probably shouldn't have been watching this as young as I was. But it's also kind of harmless, I can see why my mom didn't really care if I watched it. Um, But she is one of my favorite actresses of all time. And I also realized that my like style and a lot of the things that I like to wear was based off of this character because I was obsessed with Sydney Shaw. Like when I, like I said, this movie came out when I was 10. It probably came on DVD by the time I was like 11. And I remember I had this DVD or my parents bought it because they liked the movie and then I had this portable dvd player because I couldn't have a tv in my room and I used to take the portable dvd player that we used in the car and watch it in my room and watch this movie over and over and over I just loved this movie I love the music I love the style I love the story the comedy all of it so if you have any HBO streaming platform or anything like that you should absolutely give it a watch because like I said it is my favorite The romantic comedy drama is something that I feel strongly about. I love romantic comedies in general. I like more lighthearted movies. I get really sensitive to, you know, death and kind of any type of deep topic. I like to feel good when I'm watching movies and things like that. But I really get triggered, especially when it comes to black trauma. In the romantic comedy drama, I feel like in the late night or or even early 90s, you know, late 1900s, I guess, if you want to call it that. In the early 2000s, there were plenty of black romantic comedies and things like that. And now I feel like it's kind of something that's fallen off. And, you know, we rarely see black characters in romantic comedies, mainstream romantic comedies, I just should say, unless it's, you know, the part of the best friend or the sidekick or giving, you know, helping the main character. And I don't like that. Okay, I don't like that. It's not how it needs to be. Now, Issa Rae has spoken openly about, you know, bringing these 
you know, types of roles back to life, the lighthearted comedies, romantic comedies with, you know, black leading actors, more people of color, people of color leading actors. And I love that because like I said, these are my favorite types of movies to watch. And Brown Sugar is always going to be one that's up there on my list. Um, Sonia Lathan was probably one of like the first movie stars that I was like in awe of all in all in so if you get a chance to watch it you should and if you want to talk about it I am always open for that because again I love this movie so to wrap up this week's episode we actually do have a listener contribution to our so that happened segment of the week if you listened last week you know that we are starting a new segment here on the podcast called so that happened it's all about life's what the fuck moment i talked about when a woman walked in on me into fully into the saw with me in target one day pants down full squat peeing just walked her happy ass right on in my co-host ben last week talked about how he actually got to meet katronada which was blew my little you know, embarrassing moment out of the water. And this listener has to say that they found out their boyfriend might be deploying and was actually low-key happy about it. You know, the that's what we call range. A range. Now, I don't know if you were expecting to feel that way, um, but I do know that maybe we should reevaluate are they just getting on your nerves? Like, is your boyfriend just getting on your nerves a little bit? Does he need to go back to his house for a little bit? Or like, is this the end of the relationship? What a time to find out that, (laughs) oh, wow, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, But first and foremost, nothing but safetyness to your boyfriend and nothing but happiness to you because I really, really hope that y'all figure that out. Now, if you have any So That Happened moments, please feel free to send them on over to me at the Instagram page at Who Asked Me Podcast. Once again, they will always be anonymous. They, this is meant to be lighthearted. It is not meant to, you know, be depressing in any type of way because I don't need any more depressing things happening in my life. But just moments that you want to get off your chest and say, well, that fucking happened. Uh, th- we have come to the end of the episode where I need to bully you. I need to bully you into giving me a five-star rating on both Apple Podcast and Spotify. Yes, if you have not been listening to me, you can now rate five stars on Spotify. And I am expecting you to do so, okay? Because I need to get mine up there. I feel like I'm behind. All right. And as always, I am expecting a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get my voice out there. It helps elevate me so I can maybe quit my fucking job that I hate so much. Yeah. I'm literally at the point where I'm saying that on a podcast, not knowing who's listening, but yeah. And do this full time. So (laughs) please leave me a five-star rating and review on both Apple and Spotify. And I will talk to y'all next week. Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram at who asked me podcast or my personal page is Zell's life. S E L L E S L I F E. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.